Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Our guest is a veteran of the world's finest Navy. That's how I know he's good people, because I'm a veteran of the world's finest Navy, Uh-oh. too. Yeah. <laughs> he is Justin Brown, founder and CEO of Hill Vets, who joins us every Tuesday to talk about the latest and greatest happenings on Capitol Hill and what's going on with his organization that does a great job of essentially trying to get more veterans involved in and understanding politics and the Capitol Hill world and lifestyle, regardless of their political affiliation. Hill Vets just wants more vets involved. They could have called themselves more vets, but Hill Vets has a better ring to it and kind of explains uh, exactly what they're trying to do. So, Justin, good morning. And, of course, welcome to the show as hey, usual. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I, I like the name, More Vets. More Vets. <laughs> That's If there's someone who's looking like they've, they've got a great idea for a veteran service organization out there, but they can't come up with a name, come to me. I'll, I'll hook you up. More vets. Rhymes um, with s'more vets. Yeah. Hill vets. Cool vets. That cool. could be another one. That's like veterans who are for looking good and wearing sunglasses inside and things. You know, the important stuff. Of course, Hill vets, as I said, getting more veterans involved in politics, getting veterans to understand politics and how they affect the veteran community. And one way that you do so is through your Hill Vets fellowships. And I understand that there's actually a couple of openings at the Hill Vets fellowships, which includes residency. Like they're able to come down to DC and you guys put them up in the Hill Vets house and all that stuff. So how many openings do you have and how can people find out more about those? Yeah, you bet. So we have two openings right now and we, sh- as you said, we shack them up in Hill Vets house, which is right across the river here in uh, Crystal City, which if you're not very familiar with DC, it's actually extraordinarily convenient. Um, and uh, so we place these men and women on Capitol Hill, uh, senators, congressmen, nonpartisan. So really the the party selection of your preference. Right. Uh, we get them trained up. We've got a program we created with the Library of Congress to get these men and women smart. And uh, the hope is that they land a permanent paid position within within eight months. And that is kind of the big focus of Hill Vets. Listen, we actually have, I don't know if I would say over-representation, but the number of veterans serving in Congress, uh, like in the Senate, for example, I believe is a little bit higher than what the veteran population is overall in the nation, correct? Yeah, but I, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Well, th- that's just one aspect of it, though, and I right. think that's what people focus more on is Congress, well, uh, you know, the House so, reps and the Senate. So so if you look at if you look at the proportion of veterans who are employees on Capitol Hill, who are Capitol Hill staff. That's the it's, focus. It's, 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 it's less than 2%, which right. is worse than any federal agency in the nation. So right. if, if you were, if you were the Hilton, you wouldn't be touting that number, hmm. um, in, in terms of where you're at relative to your, you know, other organizations that right. look similar. Right. Um, in terms of the proportion of elected officials on Capitol Hill, it's, it's right around, I think 20, 21% right now which has actually been an increase the last two Congresses. So we're seeing that number tick back up, um, but it's certainly a very low number in comparison to where we've been historically. Oh, yeah. 
and then I think the other thing that, you know, you might say 20, 21% in comparison to the population is relatively high. I would actually argue it's relatively low when you consider the proportion of the budget that's re- spent on things related <laughs> to military. That's a valid point. Uh, you know, so if you look at the, 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 you know, our defense budget in combination with the Department of Veterans Affairs budget in combination with Homeland Security, what we spend at, you know, the Department of State, Foreign Affairs, that, that starts to be a number that, that, that looks closer to 60%. Wow. So, you know, when you, you take it into consideration of that factor and, you know, you start looking at it as, well, you know, we're only at about a third of, you know, people who are employed, right. uh, you know, or who are members of Congress working on, you know, even issues related to that, it starts looking like a much lower number. Absolutely. And as you said, only 2% of, of congressional staffers, and that's really, you know, I think people think only of your senators and your congresspeople, you know, hey, wait, Brian Mast and Tom Cotton and all these other people, maybe Dan Crenshaw. I know he's got an election taking place down in Texas today. I've been seeing uh, Facebook posts from him constantly, so we may have another veteran moving towards a, uh, a congressional seat. But staffers are extremely important on Capitol Hill. And if someone becomes a Hill Vets fellow and stays at the at the Hill Vets house, they're going to learn just how important those staffers are and what an effect on public policy they have. So having more veteran voices there, it's almost more important than having veterans elected into those actual positions, isn't it? It's pretty dang important. I mean, if you look at what members of Congress do today, they raise money. The vast majority of their time is spent raising funds. So what does that mean? It means that they actually don't have a lot of time to really learn about the policy issues that are, that are pressing the day. Uh, So that is pretty much left to their, their staff, their legislative assistants, their legislative directors, their chiefs of staff in terms of formulating their policy decisions. The other challenge that I think that today's political environment really puts us in that, that I think veterans can help out with is because so much of their time is spent fundraising nowadays and you have these, these men and women, these members of Congress essentially super commuting back to their home districts. Yeah. It means they don't spend any time with each other, which is mm-hmm. part of the reason it's just so partisan right now. A is, you know, that a, a democratic congressman will wake up today. He'll go to a democratic fundraiser, uh, or two, uh, maybe sp- spend some time on the Hill, you know, going to a hearing, doing some votes, go to a Democratic fundraiser for lunch, uh, maybe get some votes in, do some, do some other party shenanigans, and then this whole evening, more fundraisers. So, you know, at no juncture in there does it allow for any, you know, spending time with other members, hearing perspectives, having actual policy debates. And, and, you know, if that doesn't happen at the senior level, you got to hope to some degree that it ha- happens at the policy level. Uh, I think the good news is, is that, you know, what veterans bring to this table is I think that inherently there's, there's already a base of trust mm-hmm. and that, you know, at least know this, you know, man or woman has put their nation uh, before themselves at some juncture. And I think that shows on Capitol Hill and, uh, you know, not always, but it, it should. Yeah. We're speaking with Justin Brown, founder and CEO of Hillvets, about those political shenanigans. I think that's the right word that you just chose right there yeah, yeah. for a lot of what happens on Capitol Hill. Uh, but there's yeah. also a lot of uh, important things that go along with the shenanigans that they have to do. Uh, how many times can we sh- say shenanigans in one show? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we up to like try. four or five already. That's pretty good. Super Troopers 2 coming out some some point soon. There's a media report in Politico. Uh, Arthur Allen wrote this saying that essentially senior White House officials may be losing 
losing confidence in Secretary Shulkin's ability to lead the VA. Uh, as I understand it, he's meeting with the chief of staff today. This story seems to go on and on, and each week, it seems, there's a new angle that we're coming at it from. Oh, Secretary Shulkin's going to need to step down. Nope, he's staying this week, and then this week, oh, they're losing confidence in him. What are we actually seeing and hearing from the Hill about this? I mean, does it still look like he's going to be able to stay in there? Last week, he was saying, the president supports me. He's giving me the go-ahead to clean up things at the VA. Now it's sounding like maybe that's not the case. Yeah, it's certainly uh, interesting to watch as an outsider right now in terms of, you know, I mean, we're seeing the media reports. It's unclear as to, you know, how much confidence has really been given to the secretary. You know, when you also see these stories where you have senior communications aides who've, you know, essentially gone to to the House Veterans Affairs Committee asking, you know, for their help to essentially, you know, ouster the secretary from the Department of Veterans Affairs, you know, and then that that barrage of very interesting information is followed up with more information that essentially says, you know, hey, Secretary Shulkin has the full confidence of the president president and uh, essentially, you know, the message I think most people got on Capitol Hill was like, okay, uh, Secretary Shulkin is is the guy. There were two camps. Uh, the camp has been chosen victorious and you know, to some degree, there may be some level of a purge where, yeah. you know, any uh, staff members who were not, uh, I think, extraordinarily, you know, appearing to be on the same leadership page would either be released or certainly, you know, see, see a de- decrease in their, their, their authority. Um, that really hasn't happened mm-hmm. or it doesn't seem to have appeared to happen, which I think is, is, is leaving everybody with big question marks in terms of, you know, really what where where does he stand as secretary and i I think there have been rumors of additional ig reports right um some of those stories to me screamed of internal plants Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to external media if that makes sense which 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 tells me that you know there's there's a lot of turmoil going on inside the department of veterans affairs and 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 that relationship with the white house right now um, you know, and, 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 and at the end of the day, if, it, if that doesn't calm down, um, you know, certainly I think we'll see some moves either with the secretary or it's certainly going to have to be some of the other political appointees. Um, but, but there are definitely people who are, uh, out there throwing, uh, some napalm, if you will, because a lot yeah. of the media reports look very suspect to me. I mean, they're not, they're not something that's coming from, they're, they're coming from inside the VA. Mm-hmm. Well, there is now a report that uh, one of the top watchdogs on the VA, Daily Beast, has a story on this with the uh, oh, very clever uh, lead-in of Shulk out, question mark. <laughs> I see what you did there. Good job, Daily Beast. <laughs> uh, Veteran Affairs Secretary David Shulkin, extremely paranoid ex- ahead of damning, damning new investigation, according to sources. And this has to do with something that uh, I want to ask you, because you might be a little bit more aware of this than me. Essentially what they're saying, the the latest issue I should say that they're saying is uh, coming up with Secretary Shulkin with an IG report is that he was using his personal security detail to go run errands for him. Um, I'm sure that's not allowed, obviously, if it's coming out in the thing that you're not allowed to do that. But isn't that pretty common with people at that level, wouldn't you think? I would think so. You know, I mean, it strikes me as as particularly Caddy, if I'm honest, and 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 potentially something that a senior aide would have picked up, right, and and kind of thrown in their pocket, 
and been like, oh, maybe we can roll this out in terms of, you know, whatever it looks like. I mean, the challenge is, is if I, I would formulate it as an analogy. I mean, if we had a senior business executive with the security detail and he asked said person to go grab their dry cleaning or whatever right. it may be, would anybody flinch? Yeah. But of course, the difference that people would say is that in the business world, there aren't the regulations that you have in the civilian world. I, I, someone's I, hired to do that. You I know? don't disagree. Yeah. I, I just, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it, it, the whole story to me is very kind of sappy and suspect. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, there are, it's, it's something that you could certainly call the IG about. Yeah. And it, but you know, they're, they're happening they're, everywhere. There've, there've probably been IG investigations on less. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would say so. They probably have, <laughs> but been. but you know, I mean, in terms of the VA and the bigger challenges we have, you know, I mean, I I don't care. You know, secretary, you need some help with the dry cleaning. Give me a call so if, if it's if it's legal. I got him. your back. If he's not attacking his physical security <laughs> detail, which I I've, I've been around Secretary Shulkin, spoken to him once or twice. Not a particularly big guy. I don't think he's going to be assaulting people. I don't think that would work yeah, out well for him. Yeah, doesn't seem the violent type either, but. Uh, it seems that uh, I think that w what you're saying essentially is that it seems that obviously we know that there are people within the VA and within the uh, the administration who don't want Secretary Shulkin in there. They want right. the VA privatized. Yeah, I think I it think seems that like much they found clear. their opening and they're just get, keeping going after these more and more things. Uh, with that being the case, what do you think their end game is to try and get their own person in there to run the VA who would move it more towards privatization? And do we have any idea who that might be if that's the case? Sure. And, uh, you know, we can certainly speculate. We've, we've certainly done it before. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, we've, we've been down this road to some degree before, right? It, right. it was a very long confirmation uh, process for yeah, the secretary was. of the Department of, of Veterans Affairs to the point where the president started getting criticized for how long the position was open in light of, you know, the campaign promises that he was making with regards to veterans. On the other end, you had, you know, the, the t determined and I think still determined veteran service organizations who, you know, believe in the VA. They believe in the health care that it provides to veterans. Uh, they believe that when veterans receive health care at the VA, that they uh, are, are fans of that health care by and large. And, and they want to make sure that VA is also getting invested in. They don't per se have a problem with, with choice, but they do have a problem with just you know, no, no other choice than choice. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> if that makes sense. So, um, you know, a lot of the people who were being considered for secretary of, of veterans affairs were, you know, I think very pro-choice to the point where the majority of the veteran service organizations didn't support them. Mm -hmm. And so the challenge has been finding, you know, somebody that the VSOs would support. Well, um, you know, also, fitting into the criteria that I think the administration were looking for. And, and obviously they kept on uh, Secretary Shulkin, which was, you know, uh, I think by the VSOs in general, they were happy with the decision. And, but it was, a, it was a relative term of happiness, if yeah. that makes sense. In comparison to the other people that were being considered, um, you know, they thought Secretary Shulkin was, was the best choice out of those up there. So people who were previously con considered, um, you know, you had, uh, uh, former chairman of the House Veterans Affairs Committee, Jeff Miller, hmm. uh, congressman out of, out of Pensacola, Florida, who's, who's now still in D.C. Uh, he, he's now lobbying. 
Uh, so I don't I don't know how that bids for you know future consideration. Uh, you had uh, Pete uh, Hegseth, the the founder right. and and lead guy for for Concerned Veterans of America, who is now a a Fox News Fox anchor. News, uh, yeah, he's like a Fox and Friends weekend host, I believe. Right? Wasn't he? A, was he a Marine? I think, or he, he's definitely a veteran of some sort. I can't yeah. remember which branch. He Ran for at. Senate, lost. Yeah. Um, started up Concerned Veterans of America. And, and so, and, and there were a number of other considerations that I think just never quiet were really there in terms mm-hmm. of, 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 of who they were hoping to bring on. One last thing on the Secretary Shulkin thing and as it relates to Congress is there's been one voice that's been particularly loud in calling for Secretary Shulkin to resign. He's a veteran himself, served in both the Army and the Marine Corps, uh, retired as a major, I believe, from the Marine Corps Reserves. That's Mike Kaufman, congressman from Colorado's 6th District. Uh, He's been the most vocal proponent of Secretary Shulkin standing down as we just were talking about earlier, about 20% of elected officials in Congress are veterans. He's been the most vocal on this. Why do you think that is? <laughs> if I'm honest, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know for, per se, other than, you know, I, I imagine that this fits into the broader political agenda of looking for people who are extraordinarily pro-choice in, in, in what they're looking for from a policy perspective right. with the Department of Veterans Affairs. Um, you know, I, I know that in the Senate, uh, we had Senator Moran, who was, you know, one of the leading proponents of, you know, fighting against what ultimately was a 14 to one vote by the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee on a comprehensive, uh, VA package that would, that would really completely overhaul the Department of Veterans Affairs. This mm-hmm. ended up turning into a little bit of a battle. Right. Um, but you know, when you follow the money, uh, you know, his second largest contributor is the Koch brothers. Mm. So I don't know where Mike Kaufman falls in terms of, of Koch brother funding, but I, I do know where, you know, the one person who is adamantly, you know, fighting uh, some of the reform in the Senate, uh, you know, that's where their funding was coming from. So, Kaufman's an interesting case. You know, there are those people who would say that it's the uh, the current presidential administration that's working to uh, privatize the VA, members of that administration. Kaufman was uh, a Republican member of Congress, did not endorse uh, President Trump's run, uh, had ads that were uh, explicitly anti-Trump in them, kind of the first first person to do that uh, said that he would stand up to Trump. So those who would say, oh, well, he's working in in coordination with the Trump administration, uh, just looking at his background and his interaction with them, I don't know if that would necessarily be the case. But it's very interesting to see that of all the veterans serving, and again, you know, we've got so many people, Don Bacon, Joni Ernst, Tom Cotton, Brian Mass, just to name four off the top of my head, uh, Kaufman has really been the most vocal when it comes to this uh, VA issue and Secretary Shulk future yeah, so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on what happens with that now so just just yeah. doing a, a quick google and looking at the google here we've got uh the denver post pretty credible uh organization and and you know the headline is the car the Koch brothers are targeting only one congressional race and it's in colorado and it is mike kaufman's district mike kaufman's and district. it is to support mike kaufman so oh, well, there you go so shocker when you follow the money and, and and see where some of those things go yeah well uh you know you were just talking about the vsos and their support of secretary shulkin um they as you said they kind of saw him as the best choice to run the va uh the big vsos all came out with a uh, an announcement kind of made in unison a couple weeks ago supporting secretary shulkin um 
uh, usually not a good sign when organizations need to come out and make a public statement like that uh, in support of someone. But it was them uh, reiterating their support for him and saying, we don't like what's happened with the $4,000 plane ticket and the Wimbledon tickets and all the rest of it, but we still support him. Um, Speaking of those VSOs, it's been a busy time for them in D.C. We had the Legion Storm yep. the Hill yep. event just took place, and so much more that's coming up. IAVA, as we had on yesterday, Tom Porter talking about their Storm the Hill event. AMVETS has a lot going on. The VFW, I mean, this is a, a really big couple of weeks for the VSOs legislatively, isn't it? It is, it is. I mean, it's their opportunity to come up, look at the president's budget, uh, meet with congressional staffers, and highlight some of the bigger concerns that they that they have. Um, obviously, with all of these items flaring in the VA at this time, it's 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 really poor timing on the administrative, yeah. on the administration's side of things to I think offer as a huge distraction as to what those VSOs and veterans are actually really asking for. I mean, that's what's missing in the media narrative right now is you know where are the big breakdowns? What are some of the challenges? You know how how do we get to to a compromise in terms of broad VA reform? And, and, and you're missing all of that dialogue right, right now. You know, right now it's about, you know, this Game of Thronesy thing the going on. The juicy story. It's, uh, there's no meat to it. It's all juice. I mean, it's basically uh, Secretary Shulkin, you know, having security people run errands for him and tickets to Wimbledon. And it's very, you know, it's very House of Cardsy when it you is, look right. at yes. it. Uh, it's, and, it's, you, you could you couldn't have wrote this, no. you, you, right? You, or you <laughs> no, could have, no. and it would have been called House of hey, Cards. They're, and... they're having to make some big changes to that show for the upcoming season, so maybe they could write in uh, a new storyline involving the 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 subterfuge and uh, the interesting things happening at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Um, one of the things that we've noticed, and we're about to talk to Higher Heroes USA in just a few minutes, they have a big initiative, as do many of the VSOs, to uh, kind of get equal treatment for our woman veterans, those who make up... Uh, admittedly, you know, a smaller fraction of the veteran community, but larger all the time and much larger than it was 40, 50 years ago when a lot of these problems uh, programs were put into place. There are now problems where it was kind of designed for your male veterans, and now we have female veterans serving in so many more uh, MOSs and ratings. Um, what is it? Do you think that's the big push this year for the VSOs? Is that equality for all veterans? Or do you think there's something else that's really going to take uh, the lead in 2018 for the VSOs in general? I mean, I think choice is going to take the lead mm. in terms of, you know, just what is the big issue that's kind of front and center over the, the entirety of the year. With that said, you know, in the 11 years that, that I've been up here doing in, within the veteran space, I mean, the, the amount of change uh, that, that the big veteran groups and, and the VA have made in terms of doing a better job by women veterans, I think, has just been huge. Um, you know, this, this month, the depart or, uh, disabled American veterans, DAV, uh, ran a, a special women veterans issue, uh, right. in their magazine. So if you haven't gotten a chance to check that out, please do. There were, there were a number of articles. One struck out to me with Boulder Crest retreat and some of the things they're doing oh, up yeah. there that Ken are and that, dusty. We just had them in, uh, last week or the week before. Yeah. Yep. So they're doing, uh, you know, women's specific, uh, programs and, and, and so are a, a a ton of groups as well as the VA. I mean, uh, the VA is doing, doing all sorts of great stuff. So I, I would encourage everybody to go and, and, and check some of those resources out. But I think it's going to continue being a huge push by all the VSOs. The VSOs doing great things, as is Hill Vets. And, of course, you can go to hillvets.org to find out more on that, where they can go to find out about the Hill Vets Fellowships. That, that's right. Check right. us out at hillvets.org or on Twitter at, at hillvets. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.